Coming up on this episode of Real Talk with Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, we interview Fort Wayne, Indiana top producer Sam Hartman. A lot of people in this industry talk about, you know, Zillow leads and, you know, leads being crap. And people don't have a lead issue. They have a trust issue. You know, those people aren't seeing them as the trusted resource and advisor that they should be seen as. We are Coldwell Banker, the real estate group, and we are one. Hello, this is Tony Didier from Coldwell Banker, the real estate group, VP in Indiana. And today I have a not so special guest on the Real Talk podcast, uh, my good buddy, dear friend, Sam Hartman, who also happens to be a top producer in one of our Fort Wayne offices. Say what up, Sam. Well, after a glowing intro like that, how can I not be excited to be here today, Tony? Yeah. First and foremost, he's here because, well, he was easy to get on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And also, secondly, uh, as I said, he he does very well um, at his young-ish age of 33, and he can be entertaining at times. Sam and I actually have hosted a real estate radio show together before. That's true. So this could go a lot of different ways. We were pretty professional on that. When we talk on the phone, not so professional. I I don't know. Which way do you want to take this podcast, Sam? The radio show is very public facing. So we had to put our public faces on. Our public radio faces. I'm currently sitting in your basement. So my casual pants are also on right now, too. So I don't know. It could be a coin flip. We'll I'm see. just glad you have pants on at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so yeah, we are not as public facing here, so we can get down and dirty, as we say on Real Talk, and yeah. get the truth, uh, because I think the truth helps. This is for our agents, for any real estate agents out there listening, whatever experience or uh, fun and entertainment they can get from you here, Sam. Let's do this. Let's keep it um, real. Yeah, exactly. So we are here in Fort Wayne, Northeast Indiana, our biggest market in Indiana to this point, why don't you tell the people a little bit about Fort Wayne if they don't know? It's kind of been known as the city that saved itself. It was a very typical Rust Belt Midwest city that with a lot of manufacturing jobs that kind of left in the late 80s, early 90s and things like that. And over the last five, really going on more like 10 years, the city's done a lot of amazing things to spur redevelopment and spur growth uh, in our local economy. And and everything uh, in the downtown area that's kind of just spread out amongst the city. And uh, one of my favorite things about the city is is its size. Um, with all of this redevelopment and all this growth and all this change, there's so much to be a part of and, and not just, you know, be a part of it, but really contribute to it, too. Um, you know, it's yeah, I can't walk down the street and, you know, not see someone that, you know, is having an influence on the city and having an impact on the city, whether it's, you know, a small of town that you get to see the mayor and shake the mayor's hand or, you know, a local artist that's that's doing big things and, and, and being a major uh, a proponent of, of public art and, and growth in the public art spaces in the downtown area and things like that. So it's just so cool that, you know, you, you can really have an influence on the city and be a part of of the change that you want to see and be a part of the community that you want to see grow here and, and, and be a part of in Fort Wayne. I love that you say that it's kind of like, it's a small town 
but has a lot of big city amenities or it's a big city but has a small town feel where you can talk to people but you say it in a way that is like actually what you feel like it's not just like you mean those things it's like you contribute to the city yourself you know you are a part of helping it grow whether you like you can open a business that actually gets a lot of momentum and a lot of public um you know notoriety locally and has a lot of success so um you can kind of make fort wayne what you want yeah i mean you can go to you know a music festival in chicago or you can start a music festival in Fort Wayne. And, exactly. And, and we have friends who've done that. Yeah. We have friends who've yeah. Yeah, painted city streets downtown. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, you can't go a month without seeing another article on Realtor.com or this, that, or the other real estate website that's naming Fort Wayne one of the hottest real estate markets or one of the most affordable places to live in the nation. And that's even with our... 10 plus percent year over year growth for the last three years, which is insane. Um, and we're still one of the most affordable markets. So we got, we got room to grow still. So, you know, it's, it's an exciting time in Fort Wayne and, uh, an exciting time to be in real estate here too. Man, you are dropping some knowledge, some history. You got your professional hat back on. All right. If you got a buddy coming to town, where do you tell him to go to dinner in Fort Wayne? Um, so me and my wife live right downtown Fort Wayne. One of our favorite spots is Tolan. Um, little, little higher end, a little nicer, really, um, really farm to fork. Uh, All right. Where do you, where do you get a drink in Fort Wayne? The places me and my wife like to go the most probably is J.K. O'Donnell's Irish Pub. Um, we Excellent actually, choice. we actually got married at Headwaters Park right downtown. Really small ceremony. And then we took our whole group of like 50 people and we walked downtown and and through the streets and to jk o'donnell's and just had our reception in their their back room and stuff and it was awesome and i th- i think you were there i might have been yeah yeah, yeah. i might have given a toast that's right i remember might have had a musical number <laughs> or three I, at least two <laughs> musical numbers were performed uh, by you at that at that bar at that night yes and sam was also my best man and his toast was about 10 minutes long and we're going to try to keep this podcast at like a half hour or less. Perfect. So if you get so, on a tangent, I, I might just stop you. So we got an hour then. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. Exactly. I'll cut it down. It's all good. Uh, your wife is phenomenal, by the way, Jessica. She is. She's way cooler than you. Yeah. Totally agree. So let's talk a little bit about how you got to real estate then. We talked a little bit about your market. and Let's talk about how you got to where you are. Give me like not the 10 minute synopsis of like years <laughs> one through 25 yeah, to 34. Yeah. Well, it was 1986. Oh Lord. Um, no. So I got into real estate. Um, you know, I originally got in, uh, John Bellio with, with Coldwell Banker Roth, really Graber hired me in with our Fort Wayne offices to help manage our recruitment and our, uh, onboarding and training of new agents and things like that. And I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity because honestly, I can't say I ever really thought about getting into real estate before that. Um, even when I started doing that, I came from from recruitment. So even selling real estate at that point wasn't something that really grabbed hold of me. Um, I remember the story vividly. I was in the car with John Bellio mm-hmm. and he was like, we need a recruiter. We need somebody for career development. Um, we are driving to, I think our South Bend office going up 69, driving by about Angola where we have an office in the Lake community. And he's like, who do you know who could be a recruiter? He's like, what about Sam? He even, I think he brought you up Mm -hmm. and I was like, he was like, what's Sam doing? I was like, well, he's a recruiter. (laughs) (laughs) He's a college recruiter 
right here in Angola. Let's give him a call. We yeah. called you up. Yep. Uh, I think he whispered and I was uh, in my office, so I ear. so yeah. I shut my office door and yeah, yeah. We brought you in and the the rest was history. So I'll yeah. let you keep going from there. Yeah. So I enjoyed the crap out of that for a couple of years and. Um, Way to sense yourself too. Yeah, thank you. you. Are a well, pro. I just spent a couple <laughs> hours around your daughter and son, so I'm, I'm, I am censored for the evening. Well done. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, all, you know, got my license uh, fairly early on, and so just kind of was helping the friends and family side of the business. And it really just got to a point where I was kind of frustrated in a couple of ways. One. It was kind of frustrating bringing new agents in and watching them fizzle out, and you know, not watching them take hold to the to the industry. Um, but also, just my my sales business was was growing, and it got to a point where I had to do one or the other. I wasn't doing either of them very well at that point, so um, I just decided, you know, I'm gonna go after this sales thing full time. I really grow to grew to to love it and take hold of it and and just own it and and. And I haven't looked back since, and I've I, I love every every day of the of the sales life. So, and it is really is a rewarding job, and you are awesome at it. And you know we have our audience out there who's hoping to gain you know some insight from this. What would you say to the person who has the other job and the real estate license and is afraid to take that leap? What happened when you did? What was that like? How did your career go after that? Yeah, that's. A great question. And so, I mean, I dealt with a lot of people in that scenario as a recruiter was, you know, sure. they they were kind of dipping their toe into the real estate water. They went through all the steps, they got their license, but, you know, they couldn't give up whatever income for their family. And that's totally understandable. I, I'm not the head of their household. I'm not the one that's talking to my wife and my kids about why there's not as many Christmas presents under the tree each year. Um, but for me, I mean, I went from you know, splitting my time and doing about, I think I was about at about maybe a million and a half in production for that year to then jumping into it full time. And my first full time year, I jumped to six million, seven million. It was somewhere announced for sure. It was, it was, I mean, beyond my wildest dreams of, of what I had expected out of it. And, um, and I mean, I, I even really happened is you, you went from, like you said, helping friends and family on the side to, I mean, did you treat it like a job? Did you, I mean, how many, like what kind of hours were you putting in? What was your day like? So I think, I think my time was best spent changing the perception of what I did, you know, because mm-hmm. anytime you're a part-time agent or, or a hobby agent where you are recognized as being, you know, Joe, the firefighter who has his real estate license or Susie, who is a nurse and has her real estate license. When you make that transition, you, you're, or, or even when you're not making that transition, if you're still doing both, you're fighting the perception of who you are and what you do. So, you know, what is the public in your sphere and your circle viewing you as, you know, are they asking you about, how the hospital's going or, or how the firehouse is going, or are they asking you how the real estate's going? Are they asking you about the market? Um, are they calling you with questions about their house, about their refinance, about their remodel and things like that? So um, a lot of people in this industry talk about, you know, Zillow leads and, you know, leads being crap. And I can't believe, you know, I'm not, why, why am I spending money on these leads? I need better leads. And, and people don't, have a lead issue they have a trust issue with 
their market and their market being their friends, families, connections, their sphere. Um, you know, those people aren't seeing them as the trusted resource and advisor that they should be seen as. Um, so I would say the biggest thing in that transition time was, was focusing my effort on what that, what the world saw me as and, mm-hmm. and what I did. And I wish I could give you the five step plan of every step that I did, but I, you know, I don't have it <laughs> because it was kind of a, it was a little bit fly by the seat of my pants. I mean, um, it all happened really quickly. I got busy quickly. It felt like, and, um, you know, so I, I kind of was playing catch up in terms of, of the planning of things, uh, while I was doing the business, I was kind of catching up on working on the business type of stuff. If you'll fall my ninjas out there, we'll, we'll, we'll get with me, but, um, <laughs> So, so I think that was uh, the, the, the big difference in, in terms of kind of going at it haphazardly and part-time and friends and family stuff versus going at it full-time. For sure. That's very insightful because the firefighter or the nurse, their job um, performance on those jobs doesn't depend on people's perception of them as much as if they're selling real estate, building that trust, showing people that you are a professional Um how did you, I mean, I know you said you're flying by the seat of your pants. How did you get that word out there? Mm-hmm. Um, s- social media is a, a great asset of mine. I'm 33 years old. Facebook hit my college campus my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. So I've been on Facebook since day one. So I have an extremely high comfort level with that platform, with that technology, with that as a resource. My my sphere is on Facebook as Facebook has grown and adapted over the years, I mean, my grandparents are on Facebook. My aunts and uncles are on Facebook. I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. everyone's on Facebook. So it should be a great resource for everybody. Um, but that was something that was really authentic for me to utilize as a resource to create, um, you know, authentic and, you know, not salesy content, mm-hmm. but to create authentic interaction on Facebook to to share and to, to build that perception and to build that trust and, and relationships with, with my clients out there. Um, so it was a great constant soft touch with those people. And, you know, to this day, Facebook's one of, without spending a single dollar on Facebook, Facebook's one of my greatest lead generators because it's people that know me and they, they, they are now, reaching out to me because they view me as that trusted advisor. They know that I do it. They know that I do it every day. They know that I take it seriously. They know that what I put out there is valuable to them and, and worthwhile to them in terms of their consum- uh, consumption of, of content. Um, so, so, I mean, that for me was a great resource. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to go out and run and get on Facebook if they're not on Facebook. One of the things I love about this business is how you can, you know, do it a million different ways. There's so many different resources out there. There's so many different personality types. There's so many different lead generating styles that you can build your business at so authentically to you. And if you only sell, ha- you know, if you love knitting and you only sell houses to your knitting club, like that's your niche, that's your market. Great. Like do that. Be in as many knitting clubs as you can. Do your thing. The, uh, the knitting niche is what you the, the knit. That's right. Well, it and it is just a way to communicate. So rather than it'd be really hard to reach 60 people in a day about 
you being in real estate in a non-salesy way by calling them all Mm -hmm. or sending them all handwritten notes, which work absolutely. Um, But it's just a way to communicate, maybe not as direct or personal, but you're hitting a lot of people. And if they didn't have your number, a Facebook message is not uh, not a very intrusive way to get in touch with somebody about selling their home or helping them find a home for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, And I've been your friend for almost three decades. Um, (laughs) And I've noticed that you are great at being noticed at putting yourself out there. Um, How does that help your business? And what are your favorite moments of um, you drawing attention to yourself, I guess? Well, first of all, my wife would agree with that statement for (laughs) sure. Uh, Second of all, you're like a walking billboard. You don't need billboards. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, Second of all, by saying you've known me for three decades, that's making us sound older than we are. We've just we literally came walking out of the womb almost together. So basically, yeah, this isn't even our first job together. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? Um, You're great at being noticed, making a scene, putting yourself out there, whether it be in person, on social media. Do you have mm-hmm. a good example of a time that that worked out well for you? That's a, yeah, that's a... Because <laughs> I, I got a good stories. Question. I mean, yeah, we, we, I'm going to let you go. That could be the rest of the hour <laughs> or half hour, however long you let me talk. Um, you know, that's that's my personality. Um, I'm, I'm very... Like you said, you got to be you. Yeah, I, that's authentic to me. So, so I guess an example of that is... Um, and, and, and this isn't for the sake of being noticed, but this is just my personality. You know, I, I do a lot of volunteer work with veteran organizations. I'm really into fitness. I combine those. And so I do a lot of, uh, remembrance runs, charity runs, things like that. And I almost always, when I do a running event, run with the flag, because one of the events that I do every year is, is a run from Fort Wayne to Indianapolis, uh, with a caravan of, of cars and people and support teams to make sure we survive the weekend. You're basically the Forrest Gump of Indiana real estate. It, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but we run with the flags the whole time. So I kind of do it like as a training thing too. Um, but that gets noticed. It gets noticed by people running in the races. It gets noticed by the news crews that are there after the race. So they always want to pull me aside and talk to me about why I do it and, and stuff like that. But even more importantly, you know, than that is like the people that come up to me and they're like, Oh, I, I could see the flag up ahead of me. And you know, I, I was really getting tired and I just kept my eyes on the flag and just kept running and stuff like that. So yeah, and you did that even just in like Fort for fitness, mini marathons, locally, yeah. you carry mm-hmm. a flag mm-hmm. um, yeah. usually with pants on that are far too tight or too short or well, both. It's just, you got to minimize the chafing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's one example i mean if we go back to our younger days i mean you know i remember running. you did like a, a charity thing on facebook where you played like truth or dare that yeah. got a lot of legs yeah yeah um speaking of a lot of legs this is a good one um oh i don't think i have this on my list of questions i don't know how i know i thought about it um you had a catchphrase i don't know if you call it a catchphrase or something it have to do with dogs and dogs seem to be drawn to you as well. Oh, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I know you have a couple dogs. I've got two Australian Shepherds, and I love dogs. And Obviously, that, Coldwell Banker does as Coldwell, well. Coldwell Banker loves dogs as well. Perfectly. Yeah, which which is one of, honestly, my one of my favorite parts about the brand. Like, they're marketing team and their their ad agencies that, that put together stuff is just so phenomenal. I mean, it just hits 
you see stuff on on TV all the time. Rocket Mortgage, Century Twenty One, like some of these national brands, and like just nothing hits like like the Coldwell Banker oh, commercials. No story, no emotion. Yeah, I mean, um, just in your face that you don't want your realtor to be. Yeah, and and so so kudos to David Marine, who I know is on the podcast. Honored right. to be on episode here. Episode four, I believe. Check, check out episode four, but they do a phenomenal job of that, but. I love dogs. Me and my wife love dogs. I love the Homes for Dogs project. And I just started realizing so many of these meetings that I'm taking with clients, these listing appointments and stuff like that. <laughs> I am just love like I'm spending half the time there loving on these dogs. You I know. know these... I've been on a listing appoint with you, <laughs> appointment with you. Our, our spheres overlap uh, a bit naturally, yeah, yeah. Uh, knowing each other for over 30 years. And yeah, you are petting the dog and talking to yeah. the dog. So Tony, why don't you client... manage that paperwork over there? <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of the dog over here. Um, I had a client relocate from South Carolina and he literally drove the moving truck to the closing, had his golden retriever in the truck. And so I got to basically play with the golden retriever in our office for, you know, an hour during closing. Sure he had some pent up energy. Yeah, it, it was, it was a blast. But I started realizing that I'm just, I'm loving on all these dogs. This is so great. The owners, obviously they're dog people. They love that their dog is oh, loving on me. you're building rapport in the best way. I'm building rapport. So the, the catchphrase is the realtor your dog can trust. Because who Beautiful. who doesn't have you know some some people's dogs they just love everybody a lot of people's dogs they have to you have to earn their trust and you or have the to people are skittish around the dog yeah yeah so so I try to go into these meetings and I try to you know love on the dogs and create that rapport with the dog just as much as with the the homeowner and it just makes them feel good about the process and I think the catchphrase of the realtor your dog can trust kind of resonates that. Like, well, if the dog can trust, if the dog trusts you, I trust you. Oh, and absolutely. It goes without saying. Yeah. Um, it's like a transitive property with the dog. Um, <laughs> but there was a span there where in a couple weeks you had like four or five, like you said, not salesy at all posts on social media, like listing appointment, petting little Fido here. And it's just adorable pictures yeah. of, oh, of yeah. you and the dog. Yeah. Shows people you're doing business. Mm-hmm. Realtor your dog can trust. Shows mm-hmm. that they can trust you. Right. Um. It, cu- it cuts through the it cuts through the noise of the just listed post of the mm-hmm. you know just the just overly the very, photoshopped yeah, you know, social yeah. media post. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read somewhere, um, probably the internet. You know it's true <laughs> uh, that social media posts that involve, I want to say, dogs or animals have the highest engagement, followed by food. I want to say. I need to look that up again. It might be flip flopped. I would I would add first for me and charity is up there too. Charitable organization posts. Maybe it's guilt. I don't know, but they get a lot of shares, <laughs> likes, comments. So you were right up there. For you need me, to post more food. For me, I would say first and foremost, anything with my wife in it gets twice as much engagement because well, it's, people like her better. Well, as they like her better, she's prettier, sure. she's prettier than me. She's smarter than me. Yada yada. Yeah. But it's also reaching like her sphere and stuff like that. So the, anything with us where we're looking cute it explodes. Usually we're with the dogs anyway. So that's like a double whammy. And you whammy, don't want to make so. all real estate posts. No, I think we, you and I like have talked about this uh, on our own all the time that that in in posting and engaging on social media is, and there's no, there's no specific guideline, one post to this post or what have you, but... You don't want it to be all business. Like you want to mix in your life because mm-hmm. you're getting involved in these people's lives. They want to be involved in your life. That sure. that's, that goes so much further to 
building that trust and building that rapport and letting them letting them in and letting them in to see your you know life and your vulnerability and and everything that's happening in your life the good bad the bad and the ugly too so one more thing about social media i think you do really well and i think the listening audience can um, learn from and then we'll put a bow on this social media um, portion of the episode um but the coldwell banker specific um gifts the animated graphics Mm -hmm. on the instagram stories Uh those are so cool tell me a little bit about how you use those uh yeah so the the gif bar, the gif bar, what have you. Um, it's basically like a little animated clip that you can put right onto a photo or something like that. So yeah, I don't know, instead, do of, instead of just, uh, instead of the just listed photo or, or a static photo or something like that, I usually create kind of like a story in my Instagram and, and Facebook stories about a new listing. So I, you know, not just the outside photo, but an inside photo and a couple of key features of the house just kind of walking people through the house and stuff. But I usually find all sorts of different funny gifts about, you know, like I showed a picture of a bathroom and I found a picture, I found a gif of a pig on a toilet. And so I put that gif right over the <laughs> yes, toilet yes. in the bathroom. And it was just like hilarious. Uh, it just like, you get interaction from uh, people on that. Yeah. You get interaction and it, and it makes people stop and watch. And it's more and, interesting than just, I know it's going to be another backyard photo, but you throw something hilarious. You had ex- like somebody running on a trail nearby. Yeah. I took what a pic. That? It was a neighborhood that connects to the puffer belly trail. And so I took a picture of the trail and then I put, um, it was like a Batman and Robin yes, gif. Of yeah. Them, it's like of the sixties Batman yeah, and Robin exactly. running. Yeah. Of them just the like sprinting. Show. And like a you know stand, a static sprint, but you know I think that that's just goes along with like creating something a little bit just a little bit more unique that cuts through the noise. Not are, as are, business. Are the yeah are the people that are liking that and laughing at it and and shooting me a message about it? Are they the ones buying that house? No, but are they the ones that are going to call me in a year, exactly. two years, three years to sell their house or to help them buy a house? Absolutely. And that's been that's been when I talk about Facebook being one of my largest lead generators. That's one of the big reasons for it. For sure. So you're doing these Instagram stories. You can add like a sticker and then you can search the gifts. You just search Coldwell Banker and there's like a bunch of them. And then you can feed that straight to your Facebook story, Mm -hmm. too. So you're Mm kind of getting the the double whammy there. Um, I thought of one more. (laughs) Uh, instance of Sam being Sam in a beautiful business way on social media. So I got to bring it up. Um, talk to the people about you were selling like a seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar listing on some land and hosting an open house. Do you remember how you promoted that? Oh my god! I, yes, I do. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> that was a that was a classic. Yeah. That got a ton of engagement. Yes, I remember this greatly. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you most, have an opportunity to do this, folks, uh, well, first of all, be safe. But my, my most <laughs> expensive listing today is a eight hundred thousand dollar plus listing. Um, average sale price in Fort Wayne these days is probably running around one sixty. Um, so <laughs> it was this land on about 60 acres and a friend of mine's house they had a trampoline they got a couple kids really nice house and i was doing it was really nice i was doing an open house for them and obviously i'm at the open house early i'm getting everything set up i'm walking around kind of the grounds a little bit and i you know i'm always thinking about like what's kind of a fun post i can make not it's not going to drive traffic no one's going to see this post and show up at the open house but what's something that i can post that's fun and is going to let people know that I'm doing an open house today and that this is what I do for my business and this is what I do for my life. And, and it's still building that perception and that, that rapport with everybody. 
And so I'm walking around the grounds and I see the trampoline and I'm just like, oh yeah, (laughs) I'm getting on that trampoline suit and tie and all and I'm doing this. So I take my phone out and I'm jumping on the trampoline and I'm just doing like a selfie video and I'm like, I'm kind of overplaying the the tiredness the exertion, of a, the, the exertion yeah, the of a way trampoline. You played it so off was like, half the hilarity. Hey everybody, this is Sam holding an open house today, and I'm telling. I'm like, Were you talking on the down or the up? I can't remember. Might I was talking the on the up. I was the talking up? on okay. the up. Yeah, I was talking on the up. <laughs> and and uh, finally, I'm like, I really think you're gonna flip over this property, and I do a flip. And I land, and I give the camera a thumbs up, and that was it. Uh, and, and it was so, a selfie flip, so we were all along for the ride. Yeah, everyone t- everyone flipped with me, and it, it was hilarious. And it, it just, I posted it, and then two hours later after the open house, I looked it up, and it was just blowing up. Like, What did the were, sellers say? I'm guessing you didn't have their permission to jump on their trampoline. <laughs> I did not. I did not sign a waiver. I'm glad it? I got out of there injury-free. <laughs> um, yeah, they saw it. They thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. how could you not? It yeah. was pretty funny. So... Moral of the story, be creative out there. Uh, be creative. Sam is an athlete, uh, <laughs> played football in college, does CrossFit. Be careful out there. But, but yeah, cut through cut through the crap. I mean, you see, like, we all are friends with enough real estate salespeople. We all see the same posts. We see the same things. Cut through the crap. It's be true. creative. Um, come up with be something authentic. that people are going to want to like and, and view and be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Be because, you. Be exactly. You. Don't yeah. be, don't be Sam. And you know what? Some of you probably <laughs> don't even do social media at all, which is fine. Um, you know, it's just, which you're you really bored this totally first half of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're thinking Sorry about, about starting, uh, we're sure making it sound like fun, I think. Yeah, um, I agree. So what do you do it for? Why do you sell homes? I know we've had this conversation before. So even though I'm kind of putting you on the spot, I feel like you might be able to run with it. Um, no, I, what don't I do it for? Like every aspect of the real estate sales transaction is just phenomenally rewarding to me because from, from the first phone call, like when I get a Facebook message, a text message, an email, a phone call of someone saying, Hey Sam, have this going on in life. Want to get your opinion, want to get your thought. And, and my heart just explodes from that moment on. Because I am just so honored that they think of me, that they trust me, that they want me. You know, mm-hmm. that like that, it, that in itself is like my motivation. Um, when I graduated college, I graduated in 2009. I certainly didn't get into real estate then. Um, the rest of the world. I did. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of the world, uh, the rest of the business world. I'm taking credit for the upswing in the housing market. Good job. Good job. <laughs> uh, the rest of the world wasn't doing great things in the business market. A lot, not a lot of people were hiring. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I haven't known that until I found real estate, to be honest. And so when I graduated college, all I knew is whatever I do, I want people to view me as an expert. I want them to know that I would be a person that they could come to with questions regardless of what it was. I didn't know if it was going to be financial planning. I didn't know if it was going to be marketing. I, d- I didn't know. Um, so I really feel like I'm living my goal and my dream of being an expert every day um, when just people are reaching out to me and and being able to be that help and that resource to them. So I, I take an immense amount of, of pride and joy in that part. Hopefully we all appreciate that. Maybe we don't stop to think about it every now and then, but it is an honor for people to trust you and to be able to guide them along the way um, is, is something we should all 
you know, be thankful for and, and mm-hmm. enjoy, uh, frankly. Absolutely. Um, how do you separate yourself? I mean, do you have like a written out value statement? Uh, I mean, what would you say makes you different from any other realtor? Which is, a t- I think, a tough question for any realtor to answer honestly. And it's something we should all, I think, think about and kind of have in our back pocket if somebody asks us this question. I think that's, I think that's a great question. It's a tough question to answer. The answer that I'm tempted to give is not the answer that most clients care about. Mm-hmm. I can talk, I can, I could stack up professional listing photos versus iPhone listing photos mm-hmm. and show a client that I could stack up, you know, our ad works and our social ad engine advertising systems stack those up against what another agent would do. And a client wouldn't necessarily care about that. They might and ask the right questions and they'll tell you whether they care about that or not. There's different personalities for clients. There are. But the the biggest thing a client cares about is trusting the person that they work with, Mm -hmm. hands down. They they know, they trust you. They know you're going to do a good job. They, they, they don't need to know they're going to, they're going to buy and sell a house once every five, seven, 10 years. They don't need to know every step of the process. They don't need to know all the ins and outs. They want someone that they can trust that they know is going to handle things for them. Communicate with them is uh, communication is probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's the biggest thing. So it's it's being con- it's being connected, being mm-hmm. involved, being in front of people. Um, and, and there's introverts in real estate and there's extroverts in real estate. If you're an introvert, there's a lot of great ways to develop relationships in authentic ways, you know, for you. You can go deep with a person rather than going wide over a, a wide breadth of people. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's tons of different ways to do it. And that's what I love about real estate is you, you do it to what's authentic to you and, you know, and, and the way that you most enjoy and, and pursuing that. For sure. And I know you take great care of your clients. Um, from just witnessing you in action, I know you do two things really well that um, I think really separates you from a lot of agents. You strategize very well. I don't think people put enough thought into what they're doing uh, when they're writing offers, listing a home, the timing, the marketing, the negotiation. It's it's, it's amazing a, it's a strategy. Some, well, you know? and it's when they do it every five years, let's say, and that's on probably on the short end. When they do it every five years, they're not thinking of everything that goes into the sale and the purchase at the same time. They, mm-hmm. they, they have no idea what that looks like. They just know, oh, the market's great. I can get a big chunk of money out. But OK, now where are you going? What does mm-hmm. that process look like? Do you ha- are you building? How, do how long does that seamless? Yeah. How, how seamless can we make it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a huge part. Um, and then I know the other part that you were going to say that I that I jumped in on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're very complimentary, and I appreciate. I'm holding that. one back. I feel um, like. the, the the other one was was basically reviewing the process, reviewing the contracts. Wow, and, you do and know things like that. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew where <laughs> you're going. Um, and so that's another. I think that's another part of the trust building and the rapport building that I have with yeah, with my clients. I guess, uh, explain. I mean, I've just witnessed you in a listing presentation, and you are phenomenal. Explain what you do that is different. I think than what most people view it as. Well, I, I don't read the contract, but I definitely am reviewing key important facts of as you go through the contract. So I'm making sure that anything that I'm I'm touching pen to in the contract, that I'm making sure making sure to explain to them why I'm doing that, how it affects them, and if they have any questions on it. So and and by doing it that way, you kind of pick up an understanding of 
all right, is this an engineer that's going to want me to read the contract to them? Are they going to want to sit on this contract for a week and read through every line and call an attorney to talk about it? Or is this someone that, trust me, they're, you know, kind of just go with the flow. They get it. You mm-hmm. know, what's the bottom line? Let's do it. Um, and But I still want them to... to to feel like I'm preparing them and to feel like I'm giving them the the information that they need so that they feel comfortable asking questions if they don't know. Um, It's a way you're building trust. I mean, how do you build, like you said, what sets you apart? You know, building trust. mm -hmm. Well, how do you build trust? One of the ways is, I mean, you were just so smooth at going over the listing contracts. You just take a couple minutes, you hit the highlights in a very professional way, but you do it you know, quickly, but to the point, And so they can understand. So it seems like, wow, this guy really knows it. He's really taking care of me. He's explaining everything instead of just putting a contract in front of me to mm-hmm. sign. I mean, talk about building trust, but also you're not wasting their time either. I mean, you just, you nail going over the paperwork, which sounds like a boring thing, but I, I was just like, when I've seen you do it, I'm like impressed. Like I look at contracts every day. I'm like, dang, you really know this stuff. <laughs> it's well, impressive. And I, I, my listing appointments are probably longer than the average agents but well, a lot of time spent with the dog <laughs> 20 minutes up front rapport building <laughs> with the dog um diving belly into rubs the, but uh with the dog not, <laughs> not the client but uh you know i i view that as as time with a client and and i mean if i was to call that client in two months and try to get them to coffee or something with me I might not be able to get them. So this is valuable time that I have with a client sitting at their kitchen table. Yeah. Sitting at their kitchen table, um, talking about like the deep down, like life stuff. What are their concerns? Yeah, exactly. So I, I take that time very, uh, you know, I, I provide a lot of value or, or, uh, see a lot of value in that time being spent with them and not rushing that process at all. Yeah. Well, we're speaking of rushing the process. Uh, time is flying by, so feel free to tune out at any time. But I think we just keep going. I'm Let's having do fun. it. I'm. I mean, we're sitting at your house talking <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the night anyway. Might as well be on microphone. This doing is a it. podcast. Tune off at any time. But we'll have more good stuff coming. I promise. Do we need so, to break for a sponsor anytime? Dot we need loop. to get a sponsor. <laughs> Dot loop makes your transactions easy. Uh, people work, not paperwork. <laughs> Dot loop. We're going to work on getting that check from them later. I like it. Uh, what would you say is your niche if you have one? And do you focus on growing that niche with marketing or your efforts? Feel free to say no. Well, that, <laughs> it's, it's a good question, but I, I can't say I focus on one specific niche. I will say, as we're talking about like building trust, building rapport, building relationships, and, and kind of working like a niche into that, um, you mentioned earlier, like I played college football. I do CrossFit pretty regularly now, um, as, as kind of my fitness regimen. And it's two hours a day, pretty regularly in the CrossFit world. Yeah, that's pretty regular. <laughs> it's like an, I'm down to like an hour and a half now. Oh, good um, for you. thanks. But, uh, so, so that's a great example of like one of my niches and, and, a a connection that you can make with a very tight knit community. The CrossFit community is not like a typical YMCA, like gym community per se. It's an extremely close knit like group. Uh, They do a lot of social stuff together and everything as well. So over the years of being in real estate, I've sold so many homes to people that I just know through the CrossFit community because it's such a tight knit inclusive group and i mean it's you you gotta put yourself out there meet people and whatever you like to do and comes naturally i think tom ferry would call this a demographic sphere as in a 
yeah, type, of type yeah, of person. Yeah, exactly. He These... says there's the, uh, your sphere, a geographic sphere, or like neighborhood farm, demographic sphere, uh, type of person um, that you tend to work with. Could That could mean anything to yeah. you. Uh, and then the uh, online leads. Yeah, but these are people that I already know going into it that I have, you know, a, a like interest with. So you bond over that. You, you know, see each other quite often, pretty regularly. Um, same thing with like a country club and a golf membership and, and things sure. like that. You know, you're you're sharing in that common interest and stuff. So, mm. um, so th- I, I mean, I would say that that's, that's been a niche for me. It, I can't say I've specifically marketed to that niche because I don't think that well you go there (laughs) well I go there yeah I mean I I put a lot of do you talk about real estate or do they just follow you on social media and get it in that way I mean I hardly ever bring it up but it's almost every day brought up to me yeah for sure every day they know it yeah because they know it because they follow me on social and they've you know it's been developed long enough and every day so excellent um, great answer uh, to a question I just kind of threw at you there. <laughs> what would you say your perfect day looks like? Because to me, you know, I'm an employee, you know, helping run our offices, um, looking for opportunities for us. And I'm just wondering what it would look like to have the freedom, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, kind of the burden of how to manage your day. Yeah, how that's do a you, good... <laughs> What's a perfect day look like to you or how do you manage or scale your business and balance it with your life. That's a really good point. Um, I've never thought of it some days as a burden, but some days it does feel like a burden because you don't, if, if it's you all in how you look at it, it doesn't well have enough. to be, yeah. um, but I'm just trying to be understanding and not call it freedom to the right. people out there who are yelling at the podcast. Like Tony doesn't understand. <laughs> he doesn't understand sitting behind his <laughs> ivory desk. Yeah, exactly. Just pointing out directions. Uh, to anyway. Um, <laughs> That's a no. That's a really good question. Um, my perfect day would probably be a closing at eight, nine, ten. <laughs> that ten o'clock's a cash deal, so ten thirty is going to be the next close. No. <laughs> how do you? Yeah. How do you set up next month's closings? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> There's um, got to be one closing in the day. I think uh, a lot of us. Man, it was so we and we're fairly fresh off the coattails of going to the ninja training. That has really given me a really great direction with my morning. Um, I feel like sometimes me and my wife both work from home. We don't have kids. We only got the dogs. So it's really easy for us to kind of let our morning just drag on if we don't have a lot of meetings set, if we don't have appointments set and stuff like that. So the ninja training has given me really a great focus in my morning. But you know, my perfect day would be getting up, getting the dogs out, taking them for a walk, preferably with my wife if she's awake. You know, start start with something active, whether it's a walk with the dogs or, or going to the gym or something like that. Uh, then ever since coming back from Ninja, the, the Ninja 9 process in the morning is simple. I mean, some simple stuff as simple as, as my gratitudes. Um, you know, thinking about what great happened the day before, even the little subtle things that happened the day before that I'm happy with and, and grateful for, um, my affirmations, what's my goal for the year, telling myself I'm capable of achieving it, telling myself I'm worth it, um, believing in mm-hmm. myself, things like that. It sounds so froofy. It sounds froofy to say, but when I'm doing it in the morning, it really is, kicks, it kickstart my day more than coffee. I usually spend a little bit of time on social media and I try to, with my morning structure, I try to not focus that time as wasted time, just scrolling through a newsfeed, 
but I look for opportunities to connect with people. So who who's having a baby? Who's having a birthday? Who's having an anniversary? Um, what what are the what are opportunities of people that I can reach out to on a personal level and just say, hey, saw this happening in your life. Tell me more about that. That's so exciting. What else is going on? You know, great. It was great to connect with you. Have a, have a great one, and and have that personal you know connection goes a lot longer way than just you know a thumbs up on a on a post or something. Yeah, and you don't so, even have to look at that as work, honestly. No, but it's a it's a new direction towards the time waste that is social media because mm-hmm. I fully admit that I probably waste too much time I, on it. I think it. we all do. Yeah, we, we be do. Social media shaming yeah. each other. No, I'm I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm guilty of it, and we all are. So. Um, but but it's redirecting that energy towards looking for opportunities while you're there rather than just kind of mindlessly doing it. You know, God, we're just really throwing all this ninja out there. I'm so proud to be in on the secret that is ninja. But with the mastery thing and, and living in this mediocrity, it's it's hard to achieve mastery or focus on what's what's positive without removing some of the negative or mediocre things. So whatever less time you can spend on things that don't promote you being exceptional, yeah. it's easy, almost easier to remove that stuff, and you find you fill your time with these amazing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know something to think about as we go through our day. So the afternoon, closing, closing, closing. Yeah, yeah. Then you finish it off with the closings. Yeah, <laughs> no. I would say that last winter I kind of went through some seasonal depression because I was slow with work. I wasn't feeling. I wasn't getting that fulfillment of people you know, needing me and Mm -hmm. needing me as a resource. I always need you, Sam. Well, I appreciate that. Just call me. (laughs) But so, so I went through some seasonal depression last year and now this year going into the slower season and the winter season, you know, I'm really trying to focus on what, what people aren't going to come to me needing value like they often do in the summer months and the busier months. Um, so what can I bring to them in value and how can I make myself feel valuable by, by giving that value and, and finding you ways to do that? You can do that even that. when you're in a rut or you exactly. don't have business exactly. and it will come. And, and I, sh- you know, we should be doing it all the time. Don't yeah. let the fact that yeah. you're busy in That's June true. keep you from doing that. So, so I'm really focusing on that here, um, going into the, going into the winter months is to, you know, be valuable and provide value and give value to people in their lives and, and in, it through my business without necessarily them having to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to bring something up that I thought was interesting. You made a comment recently. Um, you know, I don't know if people, they really don't understand real estate. Like they really don't. Even if they sell a home fairly often, you know, every two years. I mean, we're doing it every day. One of our friends who's in a different industry and does negotiating made a comment or like asked you about how you negotiate in real estate or your negotiation style or whatever. And you had a very insightful answer. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> I'm, I don't think I do. I, you were in this conversation. <laughs> what, are you sure it was me? I'm positive because, okay. yeah, I don't know who else would be talking about it. But you said it depends on your client because it absolutely does because they make the final call. Yeah, you know? yeah that's and, true. Yeah, I you're mean, right. You really empower them to make the decision. You present the options. And, yeah, there's things maybe you would do. And in mm-hmm. some cases, you can do those things depending on the client. But yeah, it's I, really I, up to them. I do remember that. Basically, it depends on the client's interest in the home and their situation and, yeah. you know, leaving it up to them. Yeah. Now, now that you reiterate it, I, I do remember that conversation and we're nothing more than advisors to our clients. So we're really trying to match their goals and their motivations with the strategy and selling the home, the strategy and buying the home. And, and that also plays into negotiating as well. 
And it, it does. It depends on the client's motivations of, of kind of where you want to start, where you want to go with it. And, you know, me and my wife sold our house and we were willing to kind of cut our teeth on saying we're not accepting an offer for four days. We knew it was going to be a hot property. We wanted anyone to get in there that could. I did not think that was going to do us a service and selling it within an hour of being on the market. Um, so we just, I mean, we had a couple offers come in and they said they were going to walk away if we didn't accept the offers. We had five offers come in after that, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I kind of took that risk on me and my wife's house because I knew what we put into it and I knew what it was worth, um, to, to take that. So some, some houses are worth that type of effort. Some, some houses, are not some sellers are willing to take that kind of risk some are not some are so happy to have one full price offer and we already agreed that it was a market price value that we listed at so they're happy to have it so it really does it really depends how aggressive you can and want to be and all i can do is take my experience and pull it to the the avenue that they want to go down yeah i mean you're not listing homes you're listing sellers and and buyers sometimes when they say how much would you offer i say well, how much do you like the home do you absolutely have to have it mm-hmm. um or are you like i wonder if we could get it for this um i don't really want to go over that you know it just kind of depends on where they're at with it sometimes they'll say what do you think of this price and i'm like i think you have this percent chance of getting it at that price like yeah. you have a chance yeah. but your odds would be higher obviously if you went up and that's your decision you know right right and leave it up to them so let's wrap things up here Important question. I mean, if you had to pick one person, I mean, to whom do you owe your success to? I mean, I'm just one person. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of. I mean, it's got to be John. It's got to be John Bellio. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I figured for, you'd say for, that for that car ride right. up, up up by Angola. <laughs> he brought your name up, man. It was call not me. me. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't think he could do it. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, uh, I mean, I have I'm a kidding. lot of influential influential people that have, I think, provided great skill sets to me to, to be honest. I, I mean, obviously our parents are so influential, but I think my parents did such a phenomenal job at an early age, uh, helping me recognize like the importance and the value in my name and, you know, Mm -hmm. doing things right and doing things right. Not when people are watching, but always, I've always been behind the idea of like your name is your brand. Mm -hmm. And even literally is in real estate, in real estate, it literally is. (laughs) It's Coldwell banker, Sam Hartman, sales broker. Um, you know, it literally is. And so I think through high school, through college, through these very molding influential times where I could have been a jerk, a dirtbag, a, you know, an idiot and done a lot of stupid stuff. Um, I think you did I did stupid stuff, but in the nicest way, the kindest, nicest ways, <laughs> the most authentic kind ways. And so I don't know. I just, I, I, I think, uh, I think when we start treating our name as our brand and recognizing that, you know, we might not be working twenty four seven, but we are on twenty four seven. Oh, that's you know? absolutely true. You you go to the grocery store you and you look like a slob. Dumb. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna run into someone you know. Like don't look like a slob. Like just you know put something decent on. It doesn't have to be a suit and tie every day. It doesn't have to be a suit and tie all the time. But you gotta um, feel good so that you act good. Absolutely. And you basically are a celebrity in this business. But it it's just a shame that you got that answer completely wrong. Well, <laughs> the crowd pleasing um, answer is obviously Tony did. I, I will say uh, that's one of the things I love about Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group is we just I think we build each other up. I think everybody's helpful, um, and you know we basically have a village helping us um, in our business and helping us be confident in our business, um, which I 
just love being a part of. Well, and as much as I would love to recruit you to the full-time sales side, I know that Cobalt Banker, the real estate group, has a phenomenal manager in you. I know our office loves you. I know... Just just stop it. I really wasn't fishing for compliments. <laughs> well, I mean... I was, I was going for comedy. Well, you know, we, we <laughs> yank each other's chains enough and we don't, you know... Uh, we give a lot of jabs and stuff throughout our time together, but we don't authentically compliment each other enough. And and I think uh, very highly of you in our office and, and what you do with all our office. And I know our sales agents do at the Coldwater office as well. So, Well, thank, thank you very much, Sam. And I'm very proud of you and obviously who you've become. And uh, you definitely ended up down the right path uh, with your lovely wife. That could have gone a hundred different <laughs> terrible ways uh, oh, so in many the 20s. Ex- so many experiences you've had with me. <laughs> this podcast is uh, ending with a hug, by the way, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the amount of business you've been able to do, which seems to be about the amount you want to do and have that work-life balance well, and be a good husband now, and a good dog father. N- not now that we, I've been through Ninja, though. Now I know I'm worth more. You're worth more, but so, you're, not, you're still going to have the good work-life yeah, balance. Absolutely. For sure. um, and yeah, you do everything very professionally. Um, it's impressive. And I think that's one of the reasons people trust you and are drawn to you and which isn't built overnight, but you've built it up over time. And that's why this business gets, gets better and better. Um, as long as you do the right thing. <laughs> so there's one question we ask everybody who comes on the show Ooh. and it's a fun one. Uh, obviously we're in the business of homes. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about your home? Paint that picture for us on this podcast. Oh, let me get out my brush. So me and my wife live right in downtown Fort Wayne, right next to uh, Parkview Field, which is the the minor league baseball stadium right downtown. And we live in a four-story brownstone. So we have one shared wall, but the our unit is right on the corner of our street and then right next to the stadium there. And so we have this gorgeous fourth floor rooftop that looks over the entire city. And it is just the most amazing view. When we originally walked through it, we kind of were wishy-washy on what we thought of it. And then once we got to the fourth floor, it was like, oh, yeah, we can make this work. So uh, we spend a lot of time out there in the summers. We have a lot of uh, friends and family up there for watching fireworks from the baseball games, listening to concerts from the stadium and, and everything like that. So we just love being downtown. We love being a part of the action. And that view is awesome. So. It truly is amazing to even further paint it. I mean, the stadium was built to have a, like the only good view of downtown Fort Wayne. Right. There's a couple other good views now. Fort Wayne is really getting better. Um, and you are right behind Home Plate, like above it. Yeah, so you can see that, that view of downtown is your view and you are literally the closest residence to home plate which some people may not find appealing i find it very appealing it's awesome it's, very it's cool. awesome and thank and thank god our dogs aren't scared of fireworks so other, yeah. otherwise it might be a different story. yeah there's fireworks nights how many nights a year like 40? enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> enough nights it's uh it's definitely one of the best things to do in fort wayne is check out parkview field literally ranked like best minor league ballpark 10 years yep. in a row yeah it's awesome um well sam as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, people find this interesting. I know we did. We found it. I had a great, a great time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave it this long or if I'm going to edit it down. We're pushing I'm 60 I'm minutes. I'm leave it and let people go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, they can get Beautiful. a glimpse inside our, our friendship and, and in your business, which is worth 
looking into for sure. I think people have a lot to, to be able to gain uh, from the way you do things. Awesome. So. I'm always happy to talk to, you know, the people in our network with Coldwell Bank of the Real Estate Group, emails, phone calls, coffees, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a loop minder. I'm always happy to meet with people and, you know, I'm always interested to learn what, what other people are doing well too and, and to glean ideas and, and interesting things off of them for my business. Yeah. What, what is your email address, Sam, for the people at home? <laughs> that would be... Sharpman. <laughs> that's S. Hartman. S, that's S. Hartman. Sharpman at coldwellhomes.com. Do you have that? You do have that one, right? No, it's Sam. You Sam do? Sam okay. at Coldwell You don't Homes. forward Sharpman? I, it's no longer anywhere in existence. So that's my, available for any S. Hartman that any sounds S. Hartman, Any Stacy Hartmans, <laughs> any Scott Hartmans, which is my brother, actually. If I get him into real you estate. You got your own support. If I get Scott into club. real estate, we're definitely giving him the Sharpman email. <laughs> he has no choice. Uh, <laughs> We have digressed. Yes. All right, Sammy. That's all we got. All right. Keep it real. Keep it real.